back to the Gold Box Podcast. Uh, my name is Henry Darnell. Uh, it's live. Um, welcome back to the Gold Box Podcast. I'm Henry Darnell, aka Hindog, uh, and I'm bringing you the news and the topics from this week. Uh, this week is very special. We have a guest by the name of Alexandria Williams, or Alex Williams, if you will. Um, she is a phenomenal person that works at KHOU. She's a graduate of Purdue and Prairie View A&M University. Always a good thing. And um, she won, you know, I wanted to come by to share her knowledge and share her story that people can learn from. And um, it's a very good show this week, even though I'm solo dolo. Uh, the two other people that I usually um, work with, they had other obligations. But um, the train got to keep rolling. So this week... Um, we had, I think, three topics. Um, for the first one, we are talking about... First, I'm going to talk about the correctness. Um, the senator that was talking about uh, Talia Jones in the millennial piece that we did, Her name, uh, his name is Ben Sass. Can't, I don't know what state he's from. But uh, he was the senator that took the open letter that she did and Stephanie did. And he basically used both of those in his uh, book. So basically, libor law, libor law cannot be used against um, him. And also, he's a senator. So that's where all the commotion came from and everything. And um, also, um, uh, it was John McEnroe, and um, he said that uh, that Serena Williams was the uh if she was on tour she would be the 700th player in the world which we still think is crazy um i don't know why he said that in the first place but uh we're gonna keep rocking and uh i think that's it for corrections but the first thing we're going to talk about is uh vic mensa vic mensa i've uh, followed him for a minute uh remember he came out with uh down to my luck and he came out with uh you mad with kanye west and now he's come out with his first album and his first album is entitled The Autobiography. And um, I've heard most of the album. Uh, I did a quick run through of it. And it is phenomenal. And I, the only thing that people had a problem with was him being, um, you know, a little bit more on the, the savage side, I think, in the way that he, he, he t- chooses to tell a story. But at the same time, you have to look at the environment that he was in so when you look at that situation and you look at chicago and you look at all the things that have happened in that situation and you've been through that situation you've been in that environment for most of your young adult life why not talk about it why not bring it up to 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 the light and not allow news media coverage to um play a role in you know determining what people think of Chicago. Why not do it through his, his perspective? Why not do it through his way of seeing things and uh, you know, allowing his music to speak for him and speak for his community? Because it's a crazy situation right now. It's you know, not the best of, you know, but at the same time, talking about it gets it out there in the open where people can understand what young people are going through in that community. Um, I think it's a great album. It definitely came at the right time when people wanted to call it Chirag and Chirac and wanted to call it a lot of things. And I, I believe that it, it is something well-deserved, well-needed, and I hope he, you know, goes double platinum and platinum and is able to, you know, gain from this uh, album, you know, because he, he put a lot of work in. He worked with No ID. He worked with a lot of producers to make this thing happen. Um and I, I, that's it for the autobiography. Um, there's, I, I'd say go listen to it. I, the only problem, only qualm I have with it, is uh, you know, being, you know, being in the situation I'm in, and, and you know, coming up in a certain kind of way. I've always like clean records. I wish there was a clean version of the album where I could share it with other people. Other than that, it's it's a good album. You know, because uh, that's the only qualm. I think that's where, you know, older people, they tend to 
leave off the bus and they don't tend to rock with it a lot is with all the cursing and you know all that but at the same time what do you tell somebody that's been through that situation like you know what do you, what do you do in that situation most times you know if if you're not in the best of situations that's not the best you know you're not you're raised in a certain way you know it's all kinds of stuff so you're going to be under stress and you're going to be under a lot of situations so other than the cursing it's it's a pretty good outlook and i think it's a pretty good album um the next subject we have this week is one denoting the topic of the ncaa one talking about the topic of a guy by the name of Donald De La Haye. Um, he was a UFC kickoff, um, UCF, University of Central Florida. He's a, a kickoff specialist for that football team. And um, earlier, I think a month or so ago, he was told that he needed to demonetize his videos on YouTube because he is not allowed by NCAA rules to, I repeat, to make money from his appearance and what he's doing and from his own uh, his self basically from the work that he did he didn't get a gift from it he didn't get no uh, no rewards from a, a outside person he was just told um, that he had to demonetize it because he couldn't make money off of his brand and his his person and uh, uh i think this week i don't know i just did obama uh but uh this week he was uh told that he is no longer eligible although he went along with the compliance and talked to compliance and talked to the staff and talked to everybody he needed to talk to that he would no longer be eligible to play in the ncaa now mind you the NCAA makes millions and millions of dollars off of the 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 athletic performances of you know a lot of athletes you know black white Mexican or other a lot of kids go to school with the concept of I'm going to school so I can get an education and possibly go play on the pro level um, it's you know not a uncommon trend it's been going on for a long time uh, they say that you know whenever you're a student athlete that you are being compensated well enough to um, you know being the deal that you're in uh, if you take a gift if you take anything even if you don't know all the rules it's a very thick handbook that a lot of athletes have to go through in the compliance office and the NCAA and even me I remember going through as a staff member, going through as a student athletic trainer, um, where you're always on the road and you're always doing things that um, are taking up much of your time for little pay when most people make minimum wage. And the same goes for athletes, where you're constantly having to go to um, go to meetings and go to practice and then go to games and then be on the road for uh, away games and then home games you probably at a hotel the night before because they don't want you on campus being part of festivities or being part of homecoming and um being part of a lot of things so the sacrifice is real but at the same time i think that we've gotten to a point where there needs to be some kind of conversation and there needs to be a change in the rules that have been made over time to allow people that are creators and that are creative people to make money from what they're doing because it's basically like a regular job but they see it as somebody making money from what they do you know like they're a celebrity and and to a, a certain extent you have a lot of people following you on instagram and you know facebook and 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 watching his videos but at the same time, a lot of work goes into his videos. A lot of work goes into what he does. And it would be just like um, working in the other place. You wouldn't expect to go to Walmart and go work there 40 hours a week and 
have to go to meetings every week and then not get compensated for it or at least get compensated minimum wage which even at minimum wage is still a a crazy thing because it's not really a living wage nowadays um this is going back to Talia jane and what she was saying with her job and people get mad at millennials but it's been a problem that's been going on for a very very long time so i think there has to be a big change up in the way that the ncaa it does things the way that schools do things and um just like they did with the uh using the likenesses of football players in games and using rosters when they did the NCAA game even though it was a phenomenal game it was a great game you know the road to glory and and you know playing for your favorite college um or your HBCU or whatever school that was in that game and you know living out that dream that was cool but then when you don't compensate the kids that are in that game that is just you know one of the you know red flags that pop up in my head uh, nowadays, and and I I believe that what's happening now is like with Northwestern and what a lot of other people that are you know going through these kinds of things, uh, with Northwestern being able to unionize and you know talk about you know being compensated, it's step in the right direction, and I think him taking a stand for what he believes in and what he believes to be a you know honestly something that's not offensive, something that's not uh, breaking any laws where he's not doing anything that's that's negative. He's putting himself in a positive light. Although he lost his scholarship, I think it's a step in the right direction. I hope, you know, through this, someone will help him out because he, he did make some phenomenal videos. He's a phenomenal athlete, and, and, you know, even I think he's been there two, three years. And he was right at the end of the road. He's, hopefully he still gets a shot at, you know, being in the NFL or if he wants to do something, you know. But uh, at the same time, you know, they always say um, when a door closes, another one opens. So um, best of luck to him and destroying, as you see him on YouTube. I'll actually link his YouTube account down at the bottom of my video because uh, we uh, – we don't get that many views, but at the same time, it still needs to be known, and he needs to, you know, get his spotlight and his time in the sun, even though he's going through some rough time, you know, rough times now. Um. Okay, so we talked about the corrections, and we talked about uh, De La Haye or destroying. Um. Again, these are some stories. You know, it's always with this um, podcast, with the Goldbots podcast. You know, I never really got to tell people what it was all about. Um, with the Goldbots podcast, it's always been a situation of where we want to take stories and things that are happening in our daily lives and talk about them in a way where people can take what they're hearing, pay it forward to somebody else, probably use it for themselves and, and, and truly get some stories that are helpful or even get stories that, are, you know, you know, cause a feeling inside, you know, most people. Because like with um, when we talked about Talia Jones last week. It was a, it was. A heated discussion, but at the same time, it was a discussion, discussion that was needed. Um, because, you know, millennials, we go through a lot of stuff. Some things that we we did, you know, cause ourselves. But a lot of things that have happened way before us that, you know, like with social, um, not social media, but like with um, social security and, you know, retirement and, you know, jobs. And a lot of things that happen in this day and age that we just need to talk about so that, if we're young, if we're old, if there's anything that we're doing in this day and age, it can be helpful to somebody. Um, just like we talked about, about Vic Mensa. Vic Mensa, you know, he went through a lot of things. Uh, as an artist, you know, he went through a lot of things with drugs and depression. And now he's spilling his life out so that other people can see they're not alone. They're not by themselves. Same with De- uh, Donald and, and destroying and, and his, his whole journey. You know, that's not going to be the end of the road for him. But I, I believe that that's something that can be beneficial to somebody that's going to NCAA. You know, and it can be a step in the right direction where we do get stuff done where people are not necessarily, you know, not necessarily... Um, not necessarily 
how should I say, greedy with their money, but compensate people that are actually part of um, there that are actually you know part of the system, and um, they can make a decision for themselves. Do I want to go academically? Do I want to go to school for just to be a student? Do I want to be a student athlete and take that chance to see if I can make it into the pros, if I have the skills necessary to do so? So, you know, it could be helpful to somebody that's in high school. It could be helpful to somebody that's in NCAA. So they know, okay, if I'm doing this, how can I do it in a way where, you know, it not only helps myself, but it also helps other people. Um, and the last uh, story we had for today was one that was on the weird side, like um, uh, Coco Loco. Coco Loco was our last you know, crazy piece that we talked about. And um, the Coco Loco, Coco Loco was about the snortable chocolate. I don't know where they thought of that at. Um, it's crazy in itself. And we have another uh, kind of crazy um, topic. And uh, again, it's just me today. And then we ha- I have a guest um, coming in later. Uh, is a Wisconsin firm uh, voluntarily microchips employees for access to building and computers. Um, when looking at the firm, um, it was on USA Today, I think. And I'll make sure to credit whoever wrote the article, you know, down below in the description. And um, uh, in Wisconsin, this firm, what they uh, they talked about it weeks ago, was the topic of microchipping employees. Um, the microchip they're talking about is not necessarily one that is a GPS tracker or like or something that can be like a phone. It's one that is like what you would find inside a um, a dog. It's it's weird saying this now, but um, it's one that you'd find inside a dog, and you'd find it in you know, you find in a dog and they they scan it, and it allows people to identify, you know, if they have um who's the pet's owner, um where they're from, all that kind of stuff, and what um what address they're at, that kind of stuff. Well, with this microchip, what it does is, it's like Apple Pay. So um, if you've seen Apple Pay before, it's inside your phone, it's something that you use on a um, you you know you use it. You can scan it on a um, a reader, and what it does is it takes um, takes that info from your phone, and it allows you access to your money, to a lot of things. So what the microchip is doing is allowing people to take the microchip and get access to the building they're actually working in. And along with that, they'll have a reader at their desk um, to use for computers and other, you know, devices inside the firm. Uh, Again, it's a voluntary situation. It's not necessarily something that is being done mandatory, even though, you know, most people are probably waiting for that time where they say we're going to have to get a microchip for a temperature and, you know, all these things. But... I, I just I'm not on that boat, and I think a lot of people are on that boat. But um, but it was a voluntary deal. It allows you basically get a little bit faster access into the building, allow a faster access into computers, and I, I'm still on the fence about it because it's it just a person can say one thing and do another. So. Um, you know, they say it's like Apple Pay and it's no GPS tracking, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, who's to say what they're what they're putting in you and what they're not putting in you and all that kind of stuff? It could be anything, and it, I think it's just like with the chocolate, Coco logo or anything else. It there just needs to be more time put into it, um, you know, to truly get a better sense of if that's the right thing to do. I think. It's just with a lot, a lot of things nowadays are getting thrown out to market and thrown out to the consumer and thrown out to people nowadays, employees. Um, it's just like when you're on your phone, when you're in Google. If you're on Google, what you can do is um, Google will tell you where your home is by the times that you've driven somewhere or um, where do you stop most times. Um, 
Google can tell you what you last searched, uh, um, all kinds of things. And there's all kinds of tracking and location finders and, and you know, a lot of access to apps and all that kind of stuff. And we never really think about that in depth. Now, uh, you know, and then they, they had the problems where, you know, they were dealing with smart TVs at one point and saying that they had uh, had it where TVs weren't going off all the way. So I think just with this situation, it is getting to a point where we just got to think before dealing with anything of this nature. Because although it's a step in the future, in a futuristic setting, into a futuristic setting, even though I'm mumbling my words right now, but it's cool. Um, I think it just... It's just like with microchips or just like with drugs or just with like a lot of things. There needs to be a lot of R&D that goes into whatever we're doing and whatever is being used. Because it was just like, you know, talcum powder and just like a lot of things that we use. Because like if the FDA, you wouldn't do the same thing with the FDA. You wouldn't take a medicine that that isn't approved by the FDA, although most people do that nowadays with supplements, believing that they'll they'll help them lose weight or something like that. Um, people trust the FDA to a certain extent, not all the way, but they trust it to a certain extent to make sure that the drugs they're taking, the the things that are they're consuming, isn't gonna have a harmful effect on them. And I think it's the same with the microchips. Um, they probably did do a lot of R and D, but I think it's just is. It's futuristic, but it's not that time yet, I think. It's crazy that we're at that point. I thought we would have hoverboards before we had this kind of stuff. But um, it, it's it's a developing story. I want to see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing what's happening to them, you know, uh, you know, down the line. It might, it might be perfectly fine, you know, just like it is with dogs and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I, I think it's just, again, it's one of those things that it's going to take some time. And I don't think a lot of people are really up for that nowadays. Because I know, like, my dad, he has a, he has two kinds of phones. But if he could have a flip phone for the rest of his life, he could. He would probably do that. It's like one of the, the one with the rubber on the outside and everything. But if he can't play games on it. And that's, you know, that's how he is. He doesn't have a Facebook because he's just not that kind of person. And it's just those things where, um, you know, people don't like people, you know, having, getting to know everything about them. You know, Instagram's cool, but you have to be careful what you're putting on Instagram. And the same thing with uh, Twitter, because Twitter has gotten a lot of people in um, trouble. Like with Sarmucci, the mooch, even though he's only been in, he was only in office for 10 days. He had to go back to get rid of tweets, even though they were the opposite thinking of Trump at the time. And um, same with a lot of people. They'll, they'll say something without really thinking about it. And next thing you know, they're having to explain four or five years later why they said what they said. Um, but, um, again, it's it's been crazy. It's it, it's It's... A lot of these topics have been crazy this week, but at the same time, we need to talk about these things. Um, but next, um, we have, um, even though, you know, we're missing some two people, two from the three amigos, and um, we have, uh, you know, there's a lot of go- stuff going on. We'll probably have them back, one of them back on next week, and then probably both of them on the next week after that. Um, cause it's now getting time where I know Steven has to go back to training camp because he's still in football, which is ironic that we talked about that kind of stuff, but, um, that doesn't really affect him right now, but you know, hopefully it changes for the better for him <coughs> and the NCAA cause he's not in that situation right now, but, um, you know, just high hopes for him, you know, be able to get his education and everything. And then, um, Taryn leaves, I think, a week after him. So I'll probably be solo dolo again. But again, even though they're gone this week, um, uh, I reached out to a person by the name of Alexandria Williams. She's a, again, a Prairie View alumni. She's uh, um, um, from business management. 
she is, has her master's from Purdue University uh, for uh, marketing because it's a great pro- uh, great program. Uh, she's worked for the Alzheimer's Association. She's worked for uh, Culture Map in Houston. Uh, she's a still a contributor, I think. And, um, you know, now she works for KHLU with the marketing team and the PR uh, with the community outreach. So dealing with a lot of the... Um, out a lot of the programs and and things that are done in the community of Houston. Uh, Again, with anything, um, I believe that with this podcast, even though we're on the ninth episode right now, you know, hopefully we'll have plenty more before the end of the year. Um, I just want to bring on a lot of people that have a different perspectives, different ideals, a different, you know, ways of thinking and, you know, took different journeys to get where they are. Like myself, I know I, you know, I'm a super senior when it comes to, you know to college i had problems with health and you know just trying to stay focused and trying to be in the um you know at a point where i can you know not be stressed out about it and and money and everything and but now i'm in a place where i can truly you know learn in a you know positive manner and have you know finish out my degree you know i know other people um you know uh, bring a lot to the table You know whether it's good or bad And you can learn from that And that's the, the reason why I wanted to bring her on And um, what you'll hear next Is the interview with Alexandria Williams And um, yeah Hope you enjoy Okay um, Welcome back to the GoBots Podcast I'm Hindog And I'm joined by a special guest today um, A very productive person As I hope to be. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, this is Alex Williams, or, or I don't know about people who they hold. You can call me Alexandria or Alex, either way. Okay. <laughs> is it's been a long time? It has. Um, I know I had you as one of my pals for my building, and that's how long it's been. And uh, hopefully, I can get out of there one day. Yeah, I was a pal for. 45, my sophomore year of Prairie View, so it's been a minute. Dealing with the hoodlums of my, my whole crew and all that kind of stuff. Y'all were okay. <laughs> like, cuckoo, but okay. They all right. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So, with this goal, this podcast and how everything usually goes, situation of, you know, getting other people's stories, getting people's, other people's input, you know, that right. help other people. And, um... I know, you know, you've, you're at KHO, now. Mm-hmm. you know, you're over uh, the marketing side of things. Yeah, the community marketing, yeah. So, so going out into, you know, Houston, even though you're probably, you're from Dallas, though. Yeah, so you know, go Cowboys. I, I feel that. You know <laughs> I was, I was, I, I like Texans, but they weren't around, so. Right. But, um, yeah, what, how did you get to where you are now? Oh my gosh, that is a that is a multi layered question. Um, so of course I went to Prairie View A and M, got my business marketing degree there. Um, I played volleyball there, PAL, SGA, student government, um, CAB, all of that good stuff. And I graduated, and I actually moved back home. So I know a lot of students when they graduate from college, they're always like, I have to have you know this job or make this salary in order to be successful because it's stressful, right? Oh yeah. Like you know, you yeah, like it's, it's like one minute you're like graduation, and then you're like, oh crap, like now I'm like really in the w- real world, you know. So I actually moved back home to East Texas where I grew up, mm-hmm. born in Dallas, um, but I actually worked at the high school I went to, Texas High. So it's like a 4A, a large 4A. I was the college advisor there for a year and a half. Okay. So if you can imagine, it was a great job. But in my head, I'm like, I'm back in the country, you know, at my parents' house. Like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. 
I'm uh, supposed to be this, you know, doing something else in marketing, right? Yeah, I, I definitely understand. Yeah. So did that for a year and a half. It was a hard time. Like, I won't even lie. Like, I had just, I was in Houston, and then now I'm like, you know, working in the high school, and my teachers who I had, you know, are thinking in their mentality, I'm still like young, you know, that kind of thing. And on the other side, I'm only four years older than the seniors. Oh, so yeah. it was, but I had to change my mentality. So it ended up being actually a great experience that I would not trade for anything. Oh, yeah. um, then I got a job at the Alzheimer's Association in Houston as a marketing coordinator. Um, they're the largest nonprofit for Alzheimer's disease in the world. So I managed all of their marketing initiatives and campaigns. Take that back. So I was hired as a coordinator. Then I was ended up doing the job of two people. And so I went to the CEO and said, hey, I'm doing the job of two people. I, I'm, I want to become manager, basically. Yeah. I want a promotion. There hadn't, been, there hadn't been a marketing manager ever at this chapter um, of this organization. And so I was like, so he was like, no, you know, you're very green. They gave me that whole, you're very green, you're very new. Oh, you're tenderfoot. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. We want you to have a master's degree, you know, mean, mean well that like a lot of the managers didn't have master's degrees. So I'm like, why are you saying I have to have one? Yeah. So I was looking for other jobs and it got around that I was going to leave. And he found out and offered me the marketing manager position. Because oh, okay. he figured out I was invaluable. I love him now. <laughs> we have a great relationship now. So, so you're um, still working with him now? Basically. No. So got promoted to marketing manager, did that for about a year. And then I um, then took this job at Channel 11 in the marketing and uh, PR department. So I'm now at Channel 11, yeah. Okay. Just got my master's from Purdue in December. It's been a busy couple of last years. Uh, <laughs> It, it seems like a whirlwind of things. It has. It actually has. When I sit back and think about it, I'm like, wow, like a lot's happened. So God is good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely believe that. But um, whenever you made like the transition back home, and mm-hmm. I know you said it was a, a situation. And was it, it, but it wasn't the end all be all for you. I thought it was. I thought my life, you know, I was at Prairie View and, you know, like I said, I was super involved, like, you know, having a good time. You know, I'm supposed to, you know, have this great job, you know, when I graduate. And that wasn't the case. You know, I was watching my engineer friends, architecture friends get offers, you know, junior year. I'm trying to figure stuff out. And it's not like I wasn't um, applying myself because I had I had three there was one semester when I was working at the Outlet Mall. I'm sure everybody does. I was working at Banana Republic in Aldo at the Cypress Premium Outlet. I had 15 hours, and I was working for Live Nation as an intern for free. So I was driving from Prairie View twice a week to downtown to work for Live Nation as an intern. So I ended up having, like, four internships, you know, after college. And it's like I'm doing all of these steps I'm supposed to be doing, you know, to make this work, and it wasn't working. Yeah, doing the routine thing. And, and yeah, just- what everybody says, you know, go intern, you know, work here, do this, good, good grades. But it wasn't working. Um, and so for a minute there, for about six months, I was not, you know, I wasn't happy. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't. And my dad's a pastor. And so um, I was dealing with, you know, keeping the faith. And, you know, things aren't looking, you know, good right now. You know, praising God in the hallway to open the door. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so it took me a minute. But I'm so thankful now for that um, for that uh, trial and for that lesson. Because now I'm a little bit more patient. And I appreciate where I am now. Not where I want to be yet. But I appreciate the, um, I appreciate the quote, unquote, struggle or the process. Oh, I, I, yeah. yeah, definitely. So, um, how do you feel about just being in like the local news organization? You know, especially nowadays compared to. It's it's different, you know. I never saw myself like I said. My undergrad degree is in business marketing, so I saw myself working for a corporation. Never saw myself working for um, uh, entertainment, you know, media company, let alone um, local news. Um, Cause I'm a millennial, you know, so it's like we get our news from like you know social media or like Reddit or Yelp, you know, or we follow you know the Washington Post, New York Times, and that kind of thing, but on social media, yeah. right? And so it's ever evolving, and so we're constantly thinking of ways, you know, where I work to connect with millennials or people because everybody who watches local news doesn't watch, doesn't follow us on social media. Everybody follows on social media does not watch us on TV. So, yeah. you know, how do we bridge that gap of, you know, viewership? I, I definitely understand that because, yeah. like, I got an 80-year-old person at home that I deal with all the time. So. Yeah. And it's so different because I bet they're glued to the TV, like, when the news comes on. Oh, yeah. You know, it's five, 4, 5, and 6, you know? So, it's, t- it's totally different now. So, you know, trying to figure out that way to, you know, make sure that we're getting our message out there to everybody. So, 
you say you know you're a millennial i'm a millennial too mm-hmm. I know it's, a, it's a big gap and it always changes i don't know right what, right i don't know what generation i'm in <laughs> most times but uh do you think it's played a big role in you you know having an advantage going into your job um i definitely think it does i think it's uh both it's double-sided um, regardless of where I was where to be working, I think that millennials or anybody has interesting perspectives. So whether you're a millennial, baby boomer, generation XYZ, you know, whatever, your perspective will not be the same, the same as the other person. Um, but I think that we add a unique view. But at the same time, you know, some, as a millennial, you can be viewed as, you know, well, they don't know this yet. Meaning, while I might not know that, but what I do know might be a lot more beneficial to you, you know, with trying to accomplish. So, um yeah, I think it's both. It's double sided when it comes to that. Okay, that that definitely makes sense because I know um, the podcast before that we were just talking about it a lot. Cause mm-hmm. Nowadays, people think that millennials are lazy and we don't. And do I think nothing. the opposite. I think I mean, you know, of course, every there's always some in the group, but I think that we're like hustlers. Like I think that we're go getters. I mean, I also um, am a contributing writer for Culture Map, which is an online uh, lifestyle magazine. So I think that we like, you know, there, there are those few that might, you know, want things given to them. But for the most part, I feel like we're out there trying to get it. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, because you're all over the place. KHOU and then Alzheimer's Association yeah. and then Culture Mac because I saw that and I was like, you know, reading through articles and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I was stuff. I was writing um, the Where to Shop column, like Where to Shop locally in Houston for Culture Map. I don't anymore, but I still am a contrib- contributing writer, um, and I'm forever grateful for that experience as well. So yeah, so it more or less nowadays it's come to a point where anybody that is trying to do something, you more or less have to find a different avenue to do what you're doing. I don't think a different avenue. I just do, I will say about our generation, I feel like, you know, we want things now. Like we don't, not saying that we don't want to work for it, but we want to be a little instantaneous. So, you know, if I'm not getting this now or, you know, in the next six months, then I'm just going to give up on that and do something else. Yeah. Things take time. You know, so we have to, you know, work for that, and it takes time to get there. I don't have my monitor today for some reason. Um, that's my fault. I was making sure I don't want to waste nobody's time. Or anything oh, like you're that. <laughs> but um, what what would um, because in the field, you know, it's a variety of people and all that kind of stuff. But um, do you find it hard as a black female in that field that you're in now, or is it do you? I mean, of course, we all have our different, you know, battles and struggles. I mean, I, I would be I would be remiss if I were to say that I don't think twice before I get braids, you know, or I don't think twice before, you know, I wear this nail color. I won't say that that is not the case whatsoever. But in terms of um, in terms of like blatant holdbacks or setbacks, I haven't seen that you know for me um on a large scale but of course there are things that i you know think twice about of course when i'm doing anything yeah and i'm sure that would be the same for you know somebody who is you know hispanic or you know chinese or you know anything you know what i mean so mm-hmm. I, I definitely understand so being that you're in mass communications and mm-hmm. you're in business marketing and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff what can you say to somebody that's going into that field what 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 should they do what should they i keep pushing when you when you hear you know a no or a not yet that does not mean to give up like i i'm 27 and so i still have a long ways to go of course but this didn't you know where i am didn't happen overnight so i would say to keep going and don't wait for somebody to give you a yes to do something so for example this podcast is great and i feel like for somebody who who wants to be on tv or be an anchor you know don't wait for that internship or that job do a youtube channel now like why aren't you doing that now and i would say to be very knowledgeable um i actually i want i had a um, young lady come to the office yesterday who was interested in um she's a junior actually at prairie View. she was interested in you know doing um media but she said that she didn't watch the news 
she said um, that she doesn't like local news. The main requirement. Um, yeah. And um, what was the other thing? Um, that she doesn't get her news from anywhere. I'm like, but you want to be an anchor on local news. So, I mean, just being very knowledgeable and aware of, you know, what the industry, because it's changing so much. 12 years ago, social media wasn't a thing for local news. Now it's a huge part of what we do. So I would just say to for sure, don't wait on anybody um, to do what you want to do. Okay. Because um, I definitely see that now. Because this podcast is episode eight, I think. It's what? Episode eight. Oh, that's episode, awesome. Yeah, eight or nine. Keep going, yeah. And um, my actually my you know major is education. So, mm-hmm. but this has always been something that was in the back of my mind to do. Yeah. And I just you know like it's it's crazy because now there's so many avenues for a lot of people to do a lot of things right like soundcloud if you're trying to do music and then there's youtube if you're trying to do videos or media and and it's is there's no real excuse now for if you want to try to do something there's not there's not whatsoever and and you know i know we're also in this um phase i don't think it'll last very long but in this phase of you know being an entrepreneur you know being a boss or what have you if that's in your heart you know be an entrepreneur on your openness or what have you you know but everybody will have a boss regardless even if you're entrepreneur your customers or your stakeholders you know are going to be your boss you know so yeah. just um i would say not to hop on waves like do what's true to you and what you're going to continue to push for us because entrepreneurship i have friends on the on business and they're wonderful and fabulous but that's a 24 7 you know oh yeah job so I could definitely understand. Yeah. So, um, what is, because um, my other question for you was, I know you did your master's at Purdue. Yeah. And uh, you did go to Prairie View, mm-hmm. which is HBCU. Yep. So, what what is your, uh, you know, what's your takeaway from going, you know, having a, you know, having that, I don't Having the, the experience of being at both, you know, a PWI yeah, and Yeah, so um, I will say, so when I grew up in East Texas, the high school that I went to was um, half African-American, half Caucasian. Um, a lot of my friends were Caucasian until I went to Prairie View, to be honest. Oh. So um, I didn't really have a lot of African-American friends, so I went to Prairie View. Um, and then when I went to Purdue, that was mainly remote. So I wasn't actually on campus. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say for me, when making the choice to go to Prairie View um, for undergrad and my master's for Purdue, I had highly considered going to HBCU again for my master's. But to me, I didn't want it to come across to employers. This is personally for me. I didn't want it to come across to employers that, oh, she can only communicate to this particular audience. Yeah. Because she got both of her degrees from HBCUs and vice versa, you know, with, with the PWI going to both. Um, and that's uh, sad to say, but it's the truth. We read things at face value on resumes or, you know, what have you. And so I just didn't want to come across in that aspect. And the program at Purdue is awesome for um, masters in mass comm, so that's why I chose that. Oh, good. That makes sense, because I know um, my journey for, like, the collegiate level is not done yet. Yeah. It's, I was supposed to be coming out a long, long, long time ago, but that's mm-hmm. for another story, another time. I mean, everybody has their own their own journey. Heck, I should have I should have stayed in college a couple more years. <laughs> Shoot. But uh, like I did the same thing, but it wasn't after I graduated. It was um, I went back to Lamarck ISD before they shut down. All that okay. Kind of stuff. But um, what? Okay, so you AKHOU Purdue. Mm-hmm. Then we have Prairie View. Um, is um. What's the biggest takeaway you have from going to HBCU? Because you said, you know, 50% white, black, Caucasian. Let me say that. You you get so much drive. I would not change going to Prairie View for anything. I think it's the best HBCU, period. You know, and I won't lie. I go to Howard's Homecoming almost every year. (laughs) We have the best school. um, Because my choices, I mean, I was thinking my dad played football at TCU, Texas Christian. I was thinking about going there, U of H. I would have changed experience forever. It makes you have the thickest skin ever. It makes you a hustler. you dealing with financial aid, as we all know, anything. But I just think it puts a different drive in you and different appreciation for certain things. Um, So, yeah, wouldn't trade it for anything. There were certainly ups and downs. But, um, yeah, definitely glad with my choice. I mean, my my little sister went to UT. 
So we had definitely different experiences of where we went to school. So, um, was it was it your first choice or was it necessary? Was it in? The it world? wasn't. It wasn't. I got offered a volleyball scholarship my first year. Um, like I said, my dad played football at TCU's. I was considering um, going there, and I had also gotten into, like I said, U of H and theater schools. Left me a scholarship, and I visited, and I liked what I saw, and so I went, and yeah, rest is history. Yeah, because and then and then your pathway changed with that too because you had, uh, as far as the athletic standpoint too. So yeah. So, like, did you have to pivot, like, far as, you know, going through that event in your life? And yeah, that was a, it's a whole different conversation in and of itself. So, um, I was heavily involved in high school, and when you play a sport in college, that's your life. That's your full-time job. Oh, yeah. um, so, I ended up actually dislocating my knee my second day of two days at Prairie View. And so, I ended up, I did play for that year, but they wanted me to come back my sophomore year and play with no scholarship. And... I had been playing volleyball like my entire life, like playing clubs. So like when the off, we were in off season for school, I was playing, you know, um, club. Yeah. And so I've been playing forever. You know, I wanted to go see Olympics and all of this kind of stuff. And so it was a hard decision, but I didn't see, I did not see myself playing and doing a full time job, you know, doing that for free, essentially. Um, but I'm so thankful that happened because then I was able to get so involved with other things. You know, I was able to go watch the Twin Swag, you know. Um, in football in 09 and all that kind of stuff that wouldn't have happened had I been playing. Um, so, yeah, definitely a transition. So you, you got the best of both worlds. I, I did. For, I, I did. I, I do wish I would have played another, you know, year or two. But, you know, things happen for a reason. So Oh, yeah, because I, I know I did. Um, I think because I came in a year after you, I think, mm-hmm. and um, did athletic training. And it's, that is just a crazy situation. Yeah. And most it's athlete or staff or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And I can't even imagine, you know, volleyball, of course, that was, love volleyball. And that was difficult, but I can't even imagine how, like, you know, basketball, I mean, um, football and all that kind of stuff. And then even with band and, you know, black foxes and cheerleaders, they were, you know, out there during the summer just like we were. So. Yeah. So, um, well, because I know, got to wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is the best piece of advice you can give to just anybody to anybody can yeah, we narrow it down okay well, <laughs> okay okay how about somebody somebody that is just what would you say to somebody that's probably younger than you you know paying it forward to somebody else uh, as i know we gotta i'm trying to think always be willing to learn and lend a hand. I hate when, you know, I'm at work and doing something and somebody's like, well, oh, that's not my job. You will get so much further doing something and lending a hand. Do you need help with this? Can I do with this? Then you would by just doing the bare minimum. And I would say reach out to somebody. If you see somebody in your field who you admire who's doing something, be like, hey, can I take you to coffee and ask you questions about this? I guarantee you if uh, that they will more than likely be like, yes, I would love to tell you about how I got here or, you know, what I had to go through. Maybe you can avoid going through. Yeah. You know, I have so many wonderful mentors who are, a lot of them are women who have paid it forward to me, you know, and I'm so grateful for that. So yeah. don't be afraid to, to ask a mentor for help or lend, be willing to learn always and help out. <laughs> Yeah, because definitely that's why, I, you know, I look back and I was like, oh, yeah, she's a pal. Yeah. And I, like, you're yeah, able. <laughs> and then just to be able to follow somebody's, you know, not not no stock kind of way. That'd no, crazy, yeah, but, no, I'm with but you. But just, just to follow somebody's, you know, follow their life and just follow them and see what they're doing in their life and get a, a window yeah. into what they're doing. It, you know, it, that's why I reached out. I was like. She's a phenomenal person. Oh, thank you and so much. Yeah, and and all the stuff that you're doing can help somebody else down the road and just pay it forward. Yeah, I'm by no means, I'm, like I said, I'm so grateful for where I am and what God's done in my life, but I'm by no means where I want to be. Like, I have so much things oh, yeah, I want to do with all that kind of stuff like that. Like, I want to, you know, eventually teach adjunct at Prairie View, part of, or any HBCU, part of me going to get my master's degree because I had one professor who was African-American woman at Prairie View. I had one. And yeah. so I was like, wow. So it's part of me going back to get that. So it's something I want to do, but like I said, so grateful for where I am now. If I could help or give advice to anybody, you know, I'm always willing to to do that yeah but uh it was a great interview 
awesome and, thank you for having me <laughs> and then hopefully maybe a little bit longer another time and, and just bring you back yeah but, love uh, to. yeah great having you Are we all? hey um uh, that was a great interview with alexander williams hopefully you know um alex can come back on another time for you know be part of the uh the regular topics that we usually have but um I, I'm again. I don't want to impede on people's time, but it was great to have her for the time we did have her. And uh, I just want to say that uh, it was a pleasure hearing her story and hearing, you know, picking her brain about a lot of things, going from colleges to, you know, athletics to, you know, going to HBCUs and and just everything that she's doing now to get to the part, you know, to get to where she is now. Um, you know, like she said, her journey, you know, didn't go necessarily the way she planned it. But, you know, again, she's still in her 20s, just like I am. And, uh, you know, that can always help somebody that's behind her and or, you know, possibly help somebody that's ahead of her. And I think that we can't forget that, you know, because you never know who's watching. You never know who's seeing what you're doing as a person. And I know I think she may have maybe a year or two on me. But, you know, I can you can learn from other people, even if they're not in your degree or even if they're not in something that you're doing, you know. And, and I remember having her as a pal and and, and she was truly, you know, a, a, a model of, um, you know, what a person can be. And that's why, you know, I'm glad to have her on. You know, it took a little longer than usual. Because, you know, with this podcast, I wanted to make sure before I reach out to anybody that it, it it's in the right way. And, um, you know, build upon what we've been doing. Again, uh, this has been the Goldbots Podcast. Uh, if you want to hear anything that we have, you can hear it on the website at hendogmediadesign.com. Um, that is my main hub. If you want to, you know, catch some of the clips that we do have from the podcast or any of the work that I have been doing. You can go to uh, Instagram at the same name, just not .com at the end. Uh, and if you want to catch it on the road, um, you can catch the visual of this podcast. We um, did a lot of work on the lower thirds uh, designs and all that kind of stuff. But um, if you want to catch it on the road, you can always catch it on YouTube. At Hand Dog Media Design, design. and uh, you can also catch it on iTunes. Whenever we upload it to the the website, it goes straight to iTunes, where you can catch any episode that we ever put up. Um, this is episode nine. Again, it's been a pleasure. If you're listening to us in the morning, the evening, or at night, um, you know, live your live your day to you know live every day to the fullest. Um, you know, to the best of your ability, and we'll catch you next time. It's been Henry, aka Hand Dog, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day, night, or even wherever you are.